Good morning, everyone. How is everybody doing today? I am Gary, and this is my good friend Alan, who's just leading songs. And uh, things are a little different today. If, you, if you're visiting with us, especially if this is your first time, uh, this is not the way we normally do service. We didn't have our normal meet and greet time. Um, because we were unable to get the single serving sealed uh, communion things, packages, <laughs> packs, uh, in time, we did not have communion today out of respect uh, for the situation, for this coronavirus or the COVID-19 that has impacted everybody. And uh, additionally, Mike Denius was scheduled to preach today. In fact, if you look at your notes, just put them aside. Those aren't going to have anything to do with what we're talking about today. Okay, or at least not directly. Or you can save them for next week. We yes. Leave them in your seat and they'll, they'll, they won't have to print them for next week. But yesterday there was a group of us here at the building praying. And uh, while we were praying, I just had this thought that maybe we should suspend our normal plans for the service today and uh, talk about this COVID-19 and everything that's going on around it. I guess not everything that's going on around it, but really, as a follower of Jesus, what should my response be to this? Okay, and that's what we were, that's what that was what my thought hit me, and I got off the phone. I talked to Alan, and and uh, he said, "Yeah, sounds good." We we touch base with Tim, and Tim says, "Go for it." And uh, then later in the day, I'm talking to Alan about what I'm wanting to say, and while he's talking, I have this thought: maybe maybe he should be up here with me. And about three minutes later, he says, "What do you think about me being up there with you?" And so I think the Holy Spirit definitely wants us to talk about this and in this format. There's a lot of confirmation going on. Guys, it is staring us in the face. It is right in front of every one of us. At the very least, we've had conversations about it. Maybe we think it's ridiculous, the extremes that are going on to. Or maybe we're going, this should have been done sooner and it should have been done more. And there's a whole wide range of responses to this. In some people it stirs anger, and in some people it stirs genuine fear. And so we wanted to talk about the situation. It's in front of us. Okay? Uh, A verse that you hear talked about a lot in Christianity and in churches is Romans 8.28. And it says, we know that in all things God works. Now here at Greater Alton, we believe that. Okay? We believe that in all things, God is trying to work. And specifically, it says in the following verse, that He is trying to conform each and every one of us to the likeness of Jesus, our King. And so, in this situation, we want to talk about, you know, it's, it's kind of like what I've, I had a conversation with somebody recently, and it was, it was on a, one of these controversial topics, and I, I just threw out the question, what's the Lord said about this? Okay, and the controversial topic, the Lord did not speak of directly. Okay, but there's a whole lot of other things the Lord had to say that relate to, that impact controversial subjects directly. And so this morning we wanted to talk about this a little bit and say, okay, what is, what does the Lord say about how we respond to this COVID-19 or that we can apply to this COVID-19. Let me just ask you real quick, just two or three people real quick. 
anything come to your mind that the Lord says or one of His men in the Bible have written about that, that tell us, that, that relate to this situation, that comply to this situation? Kim, take care of the widows and elderly. Okay? That is a valid concern. That is a valid concern. Bob, Jesus touched lepers. Okay? The most contagious disease that we know of or are familiar with at the time. Over here, over here, I'm sorry. Oh, He knows our needs. And we don't need to worry. Matthew 6. They did quarantine. Make the most of every opportunity. How many of you see this as an opportunity? Okay? And we're going to get to that in a minute. Because I, I believe it is too. I believe it is a tremendous opportunity to obey the Lord. Alright? And I'm going to get to that in a minute. Guys, the first thing I want to... I want to address that I believe is, is, is kind of big, big picture that everything in our lives, no matter what it is, has to be filtered through is our faith. Okay? Uh, Romans 14, it talks about that which is not done in faith is sin. And Romans 14, I'll, I'll, I'll speak of it. If you're unfamiliar with it, I encourage it. It's a chapter of the Bible that I believe every believer should be aware of because of our tendency towards legalism and towards making rules, it's saying, it's talking about not judging over controversial subjects. And it's talking about that one person can, it's talking specifically, the controversial subject is the eating of meats that has been sacrificed to idols. And basically, one guy goes, in faith, I should not eat that meat. It's been sacrificed to a god. Not the God, a different God. And I don't want to support that worship in any way. I don't want any part of that. So in faith, I believe it is wrong for me to eat that meat. And the Holy Spirit through Paul tells us, yeah, it's wrong for him to eat that meat if his conscience tells him not to eat that meat. And he says, well, another guy looks at it and says, hey, the Lord's given me some cheap food. Because that meat was sold at a discount. And in faith, he says, the Lord's providing, I'm eating. And Paul says, both are acting in faith and they should not judge each other. Okay? And so we need to understand that whatever our response to this needs to be filtered through the fact that we have claimed to have a faith in the Almighty God of the Bible. And... What has he said about it? What's going to please him? And I just want to lay it down to you guys. It's going to be an individual choice. And just like the eating of meats, it's going to be different for all of us. Or potentially different for all of us. And so guys, I really want to encourage you. If you're, you're claiming to be a follower of Jesus, we need to ask, where does my faith guide me in this situation? Alright? The big decisions that everybody's talking about, the suspension of the NBA season and no NCAA March Madness and funeral homes are closed to... Or not funeral homes. <laughs> Those are actually amping up. <laughs> Freudian slip there. Nursing homes. Okay? And extended care facilities. Someone that bugs me is the MLB. I gotta tell you, they, they put off the spring training we all got our little pet peeve, right? Yeah. Well, you're right. We're so tied to first right now. 
I mean, I understood the NCAA saying we're going to not allow spectators into the tournament. When they went so far as to cancel the games, I was, I wanted to see those games without spectators. I wanted to hear what those coaches were really saying to those referees. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. Uh-huh. But guys, the big decisions are made for us. Correct? The big decisions are made for us. I mean, the individual ones, you know, I've been going around this morning, much like Alan was, and I, I greeted somebody, I said, are you a toucher? And some people were, but some people were not. And so guys, the majority of what is before us is individual decisions about it. And I don't believe, especially in light of Romans 14, that we can tell you you're wrong. You know, uh, Nathan running up here to hug Alan wasn't telling anybody who's saying, greetings, greetings, <laughs> that you're wrong. Okay, I, we, I don't want any of that. Okay, I know individuals, two of them in particular, that are not here this morning, and they are in the danger zone, shall I speak. Okay, one of them's Debbie Weiler. Debbie is over 60 with underlying health issues. Okay, most of you know she's diagnosed with stage 4 cancer a few years ago. That seems like a smart idea to me. And so guys, there are, there, there's, a, there's a wide array here, and we want to look at... Okay, how does my faith filter through that? Now, one thing I want to mention real quick here, guys, okay, is we want to do it through faith. And what we don't want to approach this as is through fear. All right? Uh, I don't have them all listed out here, all the references, but there are several references in the Bible that are specifically, do not be afraid. And I don't have the time to get into it. I spoke about it a few years ago during the month of October. That fear is the polar opposite of our faith. Fear stands in the way of your faith. Now that doesn't mean you can't take precautions. Please do not misunderstand me there. You can take precautions and still be acting in faith. Okay? And and, and not have any fear about it. That's called wisdom. Okay? But there are several passages in the Bible that talk about fear. In fact, I am told, I didn't research this myself, that it is the most repeated command in the Bible to individuals and to groups. Do not be afraid. Uh, one of my favorites is in Matthew chapter 25. If you've been around the last few years, you know I love that parable of the talents. The master giving the servants uh, some talents and goes away and the, the third servant who only got one talent he said he was afraid when he told the master he goes I was afraid and so I just hid your money I didn't put it to work I knew that that's what you wanted me to do but I didn't do it and I was afraid and the master condemns him as being a wicked and lazy servant you see guys he made a decision based off fear and that's not what it is. At this point, I, I, I wanted to add this. It might get to this, and I hope I'm not interrupting what you're already thinking. We throw around the word faith. Most of us were taught, if you went to Bible school, if you went to Sunday school, that faith is the uh, belief in things unseen. Yes. Out, of, out of Hebrews 11, right? Sometimes we, we take that word to make it about what I think in my head. And it does include that. But when we get into the original language, I, I was studying this out here recently, the original language, the word's a little more complex than that. 
and it adds with it this heavy dose of flavor. Depending on the context in which you find the word used, it has this element of loyalty. Faith, it means loyalty. It's obedient. It's, it's believing obedience. It's trusting and obeying. Now, if you use that for a second to think about what Gary's talking about here, perfect love drives out fear. That's what John tells us, right? And it's our faith that overcomes. And our faith, acting out our faith, in this situation and in, in every situation, has got to be run through the rubric of what is loyal to God? What is the thing that is loyal to God? How do I act obediently in faith because of what I believe about Him? I could go on and on about that for a while, but you don't. You're good, 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 good. Uh, a couple other passages. Um, Luke chapter 12 and verse 4, it says, Don't fear those who can kill the body, but after that can do no more. Uh, Revelation 2.10 this is Jesus speaking. He says, do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you and you will suffer persecution for 10 days. Be faithful even to the point of death. And I will give you life as your victor's crown. Last passage is in John chapter 14, verse 27. This is Jesus speaking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Uh, guys, it's very, it's very clear. And that's just a, that's just a brief look at what Jesus and, and the Father have to say about fear. Okay, and so as, as we're talking today, as, you, as you're looking at this situation, I, I just want I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to do a gut check, a faith check, and say, how is my faith impacting the way I'm approaching this? Is my faith impacting the way I approach this? Am I going to compromise on my loyalty to Jesus and His mission because I'm wanting to save my life? Or, or am I motivated by fear? Is fear my dominant motivator here? Okay? Now with that in mind, guys, I mean, it, 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 very clearly, it, it, it's pretty plain. Jesus wants us to, to be people of faith. Jesus wants us to not let our fears control us or even influence us. We are commanded to live by faith. Another passage is in 2 Corinthians Chapter 5 and verse 7, where it says we live by faith and not by sight. Okay? It's just plain as day there. And um, so I just want to look at a, talk about a few things uh, very, very briefly that fall into this category. Um, first passage is in, is in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And what it says is, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you, you will be able to know what God's will is. And guys, I just want, I just want to encourage you as, you, as you're looking at this and as you're doing a gut check, we're not to be transformed, we're not to be, we're not to be conformed to the pattern of the world. We're to be transformed to be something different. Okay? What I'm saying here, I asked earlier, if you see an opportunity, 
Guys, I believe we have an absolute opportunity to be different than everybody else around us. Okay? I mean, I you know, maybe you're buying toilet paper, but you're buying it to give it to somebody who can't get any. Okay? You're giving it away. I was listening to a, a, another preacher this morning, and he was talking about opportunities for generosity are going to present themselves. Okay? And I'm not just talking about financial. I think those will be there. I mean, just yesterday, my wife called me. I about died, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm amazed. I understand some of this stuff. I do not understand the run on toilet paper. I do not get this may be an, unless it's, hey, society's gonna shut down and I've gotta have the basics. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I do not get it. Yesterday I'm at work and I get a phone call from my, from my wife. How's the toilet paper supply at work? Oh, what is going on? You know, do we not have toilet paper? Can't buy any? What's the deal? You know? I'm laughing about all this. You know, I saw something on Facebook about that. M- months ago, months ago. It's a little hose that pulls water and squirts and you don't need toilet paper. Uh. Anyway, she calls me about the, you know what she, she goes, here's the deal, my dad needs toilet paper. Her dad's 81 years old, is in poor health, lives alone, his sister is visiting from Florida. And they have one roll of toilet paper. Okay? Let me find how my toilet paper. I got time for generosity. It's a time to help somebody. And so guys, I believe there's, there's going to be tremendous opportunity for that. And guys, I believe the opportunity for generosity is going to be much greater on the emotional side than it is the material side. Okay? And I believe this is where followers of Jesus have their greatest opportunity to let their light shine. Okay? Where instead of worry, instead of fear, we are having this peace that Jesus has given to us as a gift. Okay? I mean, what better opportunity to, to for number one, to people see you not worried about it, not fearful about it. I'm not saying you don't take precautions. Be very plain. I'm not saying you're Trying to hug everybody. Okay? But if somebody needs a hug, are you willing to give them a hug? Okay? If somebody is captivated by this and, 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 and drawn in by it and, and, and genuinely fearful, can you explain to them why your faith gives you peace and calmness? And you can even be joyful during the situation. I mean, I, I just, I just think there's tremendous opportunity to share your faith. I guess I should back up a step because I believe before you can take advantage of that opportunity for to share your faith, you take advantage of the opportunity for your faith to grow. I had a conversation out that copy card earlier this morning with some folks that are coming in. Jesus addressed worry. I mean, that's, that's a lot of what's going on in our nation right now. There's worry going on, right? And Jesus addressed this. He addressed it in Matthew chapter 6. And he talks about birds and flowers. You remember the discussion, right? 
Well, he says, don't worry about them because God takes care of them, right? But do birds ever die? They do. Do flowers ever will? Yeah, they do. But never outside the will of God. Never outside the will of God. Somehow, even the death of a sparrow or a flower only functions to serve the Creator God in the way that He understands. Before Jesus makes this statement about worry, didn't He tell us to pray a certain way? To pray, our, your, your will be done on heaven as it is on earth. That's part of the kingdom coming to earth, right? Yeah. Is that we express, we want God's will to be done. I think the key to not worrying about this or any other situation is being resigned to the will of God. So if in my service to the king, I love somebody and it makes me sick and I die, I'm okay with that. I hope it's not painful. <laughs> I hope it happens kind of quickly, but I'm okay with that. Because I want his will to be done. And it gives me a great sense of peace. So I'm not really worried. That's, that's what I had to do. Okay, just a few other thoughts. Uh, and, and all I'm, all I'm, all I'm trying to do here with these thoughts is to try to spur you to examine how you could, how your faith is or is not impacting the way you're approaching this now and how it can. And, um, one of the things I heard this morning again as I was listening to someone else speak about this is, is you have the opportunity to have a daily faith. This is in, I mean, number one, that's what the Lord wants. Okay, I'll be very plain with that. But this is in front of you every day. I mean, it's what's going to be talked about for days and weeks and perhaps months. Okay, and I I am actually very excited uh, about the potential impact it could have on society. Okay, I'm I'm one of these guys that say the world's screwed up. Let's let's start everything over. Okay. And so I, I just wonder what, how, what impact this is going to have on our society moving forward. And I, I won't get into that. But guys, I'm, I'm more excited about the potential impact it can have on our faith. As we're confronted with it every day, and we have to make a decision, am I going to be faithful or am I going to be fearful? Am I going to be like the world? Or am I going to be conform to the likeness of Christ? Am I going to be worried or am I going to have peace? Am I going to go about my business and keep my light and my peace to myself? Or am I going to share my faith with others? Am I going to let my faith grow on a daily basis? Uh, Matthew 6, down around verses 25 to the end of the chapter, talk extensively about this. You know, and in it says each day has enough worries of its own. It says, do not worry about tomorrow. And so guys, I just want to encourage you as you get up tomorrow and each and every day, and as COVID-19 is talked about and debated and criticized, you're asking yourself, how am I acting in faith here? What has the Lord told me? How can I increase my faith there? I'm just guessing as we talked this morning, some of the things we've talked about, somebody goes, ooh, ooh, I am fearful. I am worried. I don't have peace about this. Or on the other side, you may go, yeah, I got peace, but I'm critical of everything that's going on about it. You know, I'm critical of the whack jobs that are going too far. That's not representing Jesus very well either. 
Okay? So like I said, there is opportunity all over the spectrum on this as you make your individual decisions. Make a decision that you want to act in faith and you want to represent Jesus well on a daily basis. Um, the other thing, guys, is, is decide that you want to obey Him by letting your light shine. Guys, it is amazing. I mean, obviously the biggest fear on this is death and the number of people that it can, that it can kill. Okay? My concern about people that are die is that will they not have the opportunity to know Jesus? You see, because in 1 Corinthians 15, it tells us we don't, in talking about death, it says we don't mourn like the rest of the world. I don't fear death. I don't want to die, at least not yet. But I don't fear it. Because of the resurrection. I mean, how many how, wonderful opportunities to, to open doors to talk about our faith and to talk about what faith in Jesus is all about. Talk about what the resurrection is all about. I'm out in the meet a lot of people and I hear a lot of different conversations. And just like so many other controversial circumstances, not everybody always knows what I do here at the church or, or who I am in life. Sometimes these controversial subjects will come up and then they'll ask me. And my, my lead-in line is always the same, so I'm passing it on to you that you can maybe use this. My faith informs my opinion. That's right. And when I say it like that, I'm not criticizing anybody else. I'm not putting anybody else down. I'm just saying I have an opinion on this, but it's because of my faith. And then whatever the topic is, I get into it. And I have not yet found anybody who felt assaulted or disrespected whenever I come at it that way. In fact, most of the time, what happens is people say, wow, that's really interesting. Why do you see it? What, what about your faith makes you think that? And it begins a deeper conversation. Sometimes it's just a seed. Sometimes it brings on a second and a third and a fourth conversation. Sometimes people are polarized and they don't want to know anything more about my faith. But it's never a rude thing. Allowed, but the trick is, is to know how your faith actually does inform your opinion on this matter. And I think Gary is giving you very many good things here that you can bring out to other people. We can trust our Lord. We're in this for Him. We serve Him. He, he's not our genie. He doesn't do things for Correct. us. He's not our uh, secret key to this wonderful life here in this world. In fact, the Apostle Paul said that if your hope is for this life, then you're going to be pitied amongst all men more than anybody else. Because as Christians, we're going to surrender our life. We sang a song about that. We willingly chose to surrender, and not to be about this world, but about the world that is emerging. And we're here to put some good into this world, in Jesus' name. Can't do that if we shrink back in fear. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to close out. I, I just wanted to add one thing, you know, based on what Alan was saying. The things I'm talking about today is by no means exhaustive on what the Lord has instructed us that applies to this situation. And I'll be completely honest with you, you may come up with something, you know, from God's Word that is I never seen, or I never expected, or I never thought of, or, or the person next to you never thought of. Guys, your faith is your faith. The Lord will speak to you individually. 
He will show you what you need to know. He will show you His Word that is for you. And, but you have to seek that out. You have to want that. And, and always, 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 and this is just my, my heritage speaking to you right now, when you think the Lord is talking to you, make sure that it lines up with the rest of Scripture. If you're being told something that disagrees with those very plain verses, then it's not from the Lord. And that does happen. And again, I think that Gary has given you many things, many scriptures this morning that you can use to filter your thoughts through my God if that's God speaking to you, or if that's another voice. The fact is, when I'm talking about faith in Christ, yeah, I, I get a little wordy uh, because this is my life. And it is for, I think, almost everybody here. This is our life. But it's so tough to be living in this world and not get caught up in it. You know, and our hope isn't in this life. Our hope is in that world that is coming. And we have a God who is making a new creation. I mean, you think about it. What does the resurrection prove? I think chief amongst the answers that can be given to that is that God has started a new creation. And that we, who have passed through death, I used to think of death as, as a destination. You know, where we were going to die, and that's what we would be. We would be dead. Buried. I'm dead. And I think now death is something we pass through. When you were baptized, you did just like Jesus. You passed through death. Jesus came out the other side and launched a whole new creation. We're ambassadors. We've done that. We will do that again when we die. There will be a resurrection. And there's a new world that's coming. And we are active participants in the creation of that, working on behalf of our King. And this latest scare with COVID-19 is only one of a billion that, that have come along in the last 2,000 years. We have an opportunity. Uh, in, in school, they talk about like a teeter-totter. If you've got a threat on one end of a teeter-totter, on the other end will always be an opportunity. The teeter-totter doesn't move until it's no longer equal on both sides. And you don't have to get rid of all the threat for the opportunities to win. All you have to do is knock off one thread or add one opportunity. And it just it, it starts moving it in the right direction. We, as, as members of, of God's kingdom, with a sovereign Lord, whose will is what we want to see done, we have an opportunity to take a lot of those, those worries off the teeter-totter, which allows us to focus more on the opportunities that are presented. And we do have an opportunity to live differently in the face of these challenges. Yes, and one of them, guys, I want to I throw this out here because I feel like I've been on one side of the fence more than the other. Um, but I want to read this. This is in Romans chapter 13. I'm going to begin in verse 1 and read down through verse 4. It says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. And what that is saying, guys, is our government has been given their authority by God. Okay? The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from the fear of the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, 
be afraid. <laughs> okay? Be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. He's saying, guys, governments have the right to punish us for breaking their laws. And God has given them the authority to do that for our good. And guys, I, I want to encourage you, and I'll just be honest with you, I'm sitting here as I'm reading this, and as I'm thinking of this, I'm asking myself, see, our government hasn't imposed a lot on us, have they? They have not, you know, the police aren't writing tickets for, for, for giving hugs or shaking hands, are they? They're not. Okay? But they have asked us to practice social distancing. Now, I'm not going to be legalistic about that. But as I sit here and I think of my thoughts on social distancing, as I've told you, I'm, I'm forced to say maybe I should reconsider that. Maybe I need to look at that closer. Okay? Because if the government said that, this is saying God's given them the authority, they've just asked me to do it. So maybe instead of just being rebellious and having my own thought, I should listen in this situation. It costs me nothing. Okay? I won't be legalistic about it. If you need a hug, I will give you a hug. Alright? And, but that's where we're at. Guys, what we, what we'd like to do, okay, you notice we did not pray earlier after communion. And so we'd like to take a few minutes, as we normally do after communion, to break into small groups and pray. Interestingly enough, even the President of the United States has called today a day of prayer and asked all people of faith in churches to pray. But it's appropriate for churches to pray. You want to talk about an opportunity? How many of our people, I, I, back when Ferguson was blowing up, I talked, I, I said something on Facebook, I just said, you know, I mentioned something about prayer, I got attacked for it. And behind the attack was this idea that prayer is just about trying to make me feel better. And a lot of our world thinks of Christian prayer that way, something we do to calm our nerves, something to calm us down. They don't realize that we're talking to the Creator God who brought dead people back to life. And one in particular, he brought back to life to prove his point and start something new. We have an opportunity in the face of this threat to, I say this to you every Sunday morning at communion, do we want God's will to be done, sir? Do we want to ask him? Because he's waiting for us to ask. Right? He always works through people. And he's waiting for us to ask him to do the things that we can't. Do we actually have the faith to use the tools that he's given us. Guys, another, just another side note. I'm talking about letting your, on, on, on letting your, on sharing your faith and taking advantage of the opportunity. Yesterday, uh, there was a group of us that met here that prayed. We didn't meet here specifically to pray. We met here to go out into the public, into the, and knock on doors and to ask people if there's anything we could pray for them for. Okay? I'm not a big fan of door knocking. Okay, this is my wife's idea, and I was here for her. It's a good idea, okay? They, they've done good things with this. I am a big fan instead of taking advantage of the opportunities that God presents to me, okay? And, and God will put more opportunities in front of you than doors you can knock on, is what I'm going to say there. And so, guys, this is a wonderful opportunity. I, I encourage you to find somebody, look for an opportunity this week, to pray with somebody. Okay? 
Yeah, you're going to be in a, I guarantee you, you're going to be in a situation. You want to know how the Holy Spirit works? This is how it works. He works. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're going to be in a situation this week and you're going to be talking about something. It may not even be COVID-19, by the way. And you're going to have this urge, this thought, this nudge to pray with them. Okay? That's the Holy Spirit. And you can assure you that Jesus is happy with that. And I encourage you to take the step out and to pray with that individual.